What's up? How y'all doing? My name is Caleb, and I am the student pastor here at River Oak. And I just want to say, man, I'm so glad y'all showed up tonight. <clears throat> Especially you. And you also. Hey, man, welcome. For real, though, like, I know life, life is just crazy right now. Like, life is unexpected. Man, y'all got school. I know I don't like to talk about this just for your sake. You got school coming up, and that's going to look super weird. And, and I just know things are, like, not how you pictured them. But here's what I also know. Here's what I also know. Is that in the midst of it all, that God is in control. <clears throat> that this didn't happen because God forgot about you. That this didn't happen because um, God stepped off his throne for a minute. No, God is in fact still on his throne and he still holds this world and your life in his hands. And he knows what's going on and he knows what you need. He knows the desires of your heart and he loves you. And so I hope you can find peace in that. I hope you can rest in that. That nothing is happening is catching him by surprise. Man, I find freedom in that. That I can continue to go and do and be knowing, man, hey, God's got this. He's got this in the midst of all, all the craziness. Man, he's got this. We're going to talk a little bit tonight. We're going to kind of close out this uh, love-hate series we've been talking in. Um, and then next week, we're going to do something kind of special. We're going to do a, a, a worship night, and then we're going to still have small group stuff afterwards. We're going to do something really neat in your small group. And so I would just encourage you to be there. I'd also encourage you to encourage any one of your friends that usually attends your small group that maybe comes every once in a while, that you would say, hey, be there next week. Like, don't miss next week because <clears throat> there's some really important things you're going to do in your small group, okay? So make sure you send that text. Make sure you send that message. Hey, be there next week. Don't miss it. <clears throat> and don't forget, tomorrow we're doing the picnic, Sunday night is the Awana training. Like, if you're going to walk with Christ, then you should learn to serve in your walk with Him. And so one way you can do that is Awanas. If you're, any interest, if you're interested in Awanas at all, come on Sunday night. <clears throat> so here's what I want you to think about real quick as we conclude um, this series tonight. Here's what I want you to think about. Have you ever been going into a mall, like <clears throat> in the parking lot of a mall, and you see someone walking into the mall, right? I just want you to think about that, like you're walking into the mall. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but you can actually tell what store they're likely to go to, right? Like you see someone in the parking lot of the mall, and more likely than not, you can predict, like that chick's going to Forever 21, like for sure. Or like you can look and be like, man, that guy's definitely, he's going to pack Sun. He's definitely going to pack, or, or that guy's going to Abercrombie, like no doubt, his shirt's way too tight. His sleeves are way too short. Like, he's going to Hollister. <laughs> Man, I used to love Hollister. <clears throat> but here's what. Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing about it. Is that you can see someone's style, and you can kind of know what store they're going into, but you can also know something else about them. And you may do this and you may not. Like if I showed you some guy with a cowboy hat on, you would then assume something about his reputation. Or if I showed you somebody wearing skater clothes, you would then assume something about their reputation. Man, they're a skater. They probably like to do skater things. <clears throat> they're probably rough and tough and, and um, they don't get hurt very easily. Like, 
man, I can, I can tell you different things based on what you see about someone's style that you can then determine their reputation. That you know or you assume something about someone based on how they look. It's kind of something that comes natural to us. It's something that we do all the time. It's almost second nature to some of us. That if you, if you were to even uh, uh, think about these brands, you could probably um, tell, like, I'm going to read you a reputation real quick, and you could probably tell me the brand. You hear this? I'm going to read you a reputation, and I bet you could tell me the brand. This is how much we do this. Two days or less, lightning fast shipping. Who is it? Amazon. 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 Boom. Perfect. Lowest prices out of anyone. Walmart, for sure. Free music streaming. Spotify, easy. Best chicken sandwich. Is it Popeyes or Chick-fil-A? I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. It's easy. It's, it should be something that we fight about. Here's the point. Here's the point is that they have a reputation and that if you are someone who follows them, you kind of adopt their reputation. That in fact, people who are professional skaters, brands want them to wear their clothes. People who are professional NBA players, Nike wants them to wear their clothes because Nike wants the reputation of being, be, uh, fitting and clothing people who are good at sports. And so if you wear those things, you then kind of fit the reputation. I'm someone who likes sports. I play sports. I'm good at sports. I adopt the reputation of the brand. That we have this brand and we have this reputation. But it goes even a little further than that. See, our reputation is made up of all sorts of things, even more than what we wear. For instance, when you think about the people in your life, you fill in the blank on what their life really is or who they really are when no one else is watching. For instance, I want you just to think, don't call it out because you might make someone cry. I want you to fill in the blank. Every rich kid is blank. Ah, stop. <laughs> Listen, no, for real though, I want you to just think about it. Every rich kid is and you think, and you fill in the blank in your mind. All the white, the black, the Hispanic, the Asian kids are, you fill in your mind, right? You fill it in. You know, like, man, those people are like that, and those people are like that, and those people are like that. The people with TikTok fame are, and you fill in the blank. Or what about, the AP honors students, they're all, and you fill in the blank. The football, the cheerleaders are blank. I just want you to think, shh. I really want to challenge you for a second. Man, the people who are really into band are blank. The kids who vape are blank. The kids who go to Great Bridge Middle School or High School are blank. The kids who go to Hickory Schools are blank. The kids who go to private schools are blank. The girls who wear those clothes are blank. The guys who dress like that are blank. The people who hang out there are 
blank, all the middle schoolers are, blank, all the high schoolers are. I could keep going and going and going, and if you thought about it, you could fill in every single blank that I gave you with a word and a description of what you assume about that kind of person. That there are people and a people around us that are constantly defining us and we are constantly defining them over and over and over again. That we continue to fill in the blank and we do this not on facts but largely on two things. Number one, on our experiences. On what we've experienced about that kind of person or a person from that background or a person that does that kind of thing or speaks in that kind of way or is from that neighborhood. Our experiences largely define our assumptions about everyone else. So sometimes when someone's mistreating you and you're like, why are they judging me this way? Why are they treating me this way? It's because they have experiences maybe with someone like you and it was a bad experience. And so in ignorance, they are applying that assumption on you because of a previous experience. Or maybe the second one I think we largely do is our insecurities. That we just hate people and think People think negatively about the people who have the things that we want and we can't get. Man, we see someone that's a really good at a sport that we want to be really good at, and our, our uh, uh, first reaction is not to encourage, is not to build them up even further, but rather to try to tear them down because of our insecurities. Some of you who are at the top of your skill set, man, you are the best at something around. What's amazing to me is that we have some of y'all in here. There's a guy who graduated two years ago who was literally the uh, top track athlete in the Hampton Roads area, like one of the best. He was a top runner at Hickory. He was um, the, uh, the, the, whatever, the top of his class. He was the smartest and most athletic kid in the school. He came here. There's people, y'all are in this room. And yet, here's what I know, real quick. Here's what I know is that even some of you, you experience that, you're like, man, why are they talking trash? Why are they against me? Why are they putting down? It's out of their insecurities. So largely our experiences and our insecurities call us and, and, and are what we gather our assumptions about someone else. It's our limited experiences and our insecurities that cause us to fill in the blank and convince ourselves about someone else. That we do that all the time. And there's a spot, I even think, actually like, in, in high school, I remember like, there's this quiet kid in the class, and I was like, man, quiet kids are smart. Like, that's what you assume. If they're in class and they're quiet, they're quiet because they pay attention and they're smart. And so one day, I'm not the smartest and I am not the quietest and I'm in class and we're taking a test and I'm sitting next to the quiet kid who is smart. And so I copy every answer from the quiet kid's paper onto my paper. And then I fail the test because the quiet kid was just quiet. He wasn't actually smart, yet I built assumptions about him based on my experiences and based on my insecurities, and we do that constantly. And there's this moment 
in John chapter 8, in the life of Jesus, where he is faced with hearing and seeing about uh, uh, details about someone and having to either make an assumption or deal with people's assumptions. And I actually think it's very helpful for us as we walk through life. See, also, if I said Jesus is blank, a lot of you would have the words to fill in that sentence, but yet they may not be accurate about who Jesus is. But yet this shows us what was going on in this time where these religious leaders were trying to catch Jesus and show him to be a phony. And so they um, find this woman who was uh, in the midst of um, a, an R-rated scene. She was in the midst of adultery, in the act of adultery, and they grab her up and they bring her to Jesus. And this is what it says. Jesus was at the temple, by the way, and that plays a part. It says, as he was speaking, the teacher of the religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery, and they put her in the front of the crowd, and they said, teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. But what do you say? They were trying to trap Jesus into saying something that they could use against them. See, the text says that the woman, like I said, was caught in the midst of adultery. And so they grabbed her up and they took her to the temple in front of everyone. And so this woman was in this R-rated scene. They grab her up. They take her to church. In the midst of everyone, it would be like if someone dragged someone in right now. And we're all sitting there. And they're embarrassed, and they're in shame, and they look at Jesus, and they said, what? This woman was caught in adultery. The law of Moses said we should kill her right now. What do you say we should do? <clears throat> she was already humiliated. She already had a bunch of shame. Some of you know this, some of you live in this, that you have things in your life, that you have things you have done, and you live in just a cloud of shame. That if everyone knew everything that was going on in your life, you would never step foot in this place again. Because that's the kind of embarrassment and the kind of shame you have. <clears throat> it says, but Jesus, he stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. Like, what a weird thing to do. But like, he was just like, yo, I'm not playing your games. Like, I'm, I'm not about this. Sometimes I ask my two-year-old to do something and she just turns around and like just goes and does something else. And what she's saying is like, yo, I'm not about what you're about. Like, I don't really care what you're saying. And so Jesus kind of does the same thing. He's like, yo, I'm not on, I, I don't, y'all aren't, y'all aren't living right. And so I'm not even acknowledging what you're doing. <clears throat> It says, but they kept demanding an answer. And so he stood up again and he said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. He said, Moses said we should stone her. What are you saying we should do? And Jesus stoops down and they keep demanding. And so he stands up and he says, okay, here's the deal. Whoever's never sinned, whichever one of you has never messed up, man, you chunk that stone. Go ahead. Here's the stones. Kill her. Do it. 
It says, then he stooped down again and he wrote in the dust. And when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. And then Jesus stood up again and he said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? Now you got to remember, she's crying, she's embarrassed. She, she, she's probably not um, even like in, in the way she'd want to be in front of people and, and things aren't right in this moment. He says, where are your accusers? She says two words. He says, does anyone stay? Did anyone stay? And she says, no, Lord. No, Lord. And Jesus said, well, then neither do I. Go and sin no more. Basically, Jesus tells the people, hey, you're quick to point out someone else's wrong. And you're quick to cover up your own. He says, but what about you? Like, what about you? Have you ever gotten it wrong? Have you ever gotten it wrong? Have you ever been in this lady's position? Have you ever been in a place where you are ashamed of the things you've done? He says, one by one, the leaders realized, right, that their plan had backfired. And so then Jesus looks at this woman and he says, man, I don't condemn you either. See, some of you have assumptions about Jesus. Some of you have assumptions about what Jesus would do if you brought the deepest and the darkest and the most shameful parts of your life to him. That you have this thought and this belief based on your experiences from other people, based on your insecurities, that would say, no, if I come before Jesus in this way, he's going to condemn me, he's going to pick up the stones, and he's going to stone me. And Jesus says, no, no, I have not come to condemn the world, but I have come to save the world. He says, I haven't come to, to let you live in shame. I've come to free you from shame. And so he looks at this woman and he says, I'm calling you go and sin no more. Now you need to understand that's an impossible task if we think about it the wrong way. That he's not calling her, hey, go and never sin again. Never do a wrong thing again. See, I, I know that this woman was human and so she still went out and she still sinned. Maybe she never committed adultery again, but she still did things that weren't quite right. No, Jesus wasn't calling her to go and live a perfect life. Jesus was calling her to a new lifestyle. He's saying, I'm calling you not to pursue sin with your life, not to be someone who desires to live in sin all the time. He says, man, I'm calling you to a new life in me. See, some of us treat Jesus like a hotel room. See, what you do in a hotel room is you go to a hotel room, you enjoy the amenities of a hotel room, and then you leave and you go back home. You go back home to where you're comfortable, you go back home to where you do all the normal things, and you never go back to the hotel room again. Or maybe you go out of town the next weekend, and you go back to another hotel room, and then you go back home. And Jesus is saying, no, I'm not calling you to treat me like a hotel room. He's saying, I'm giving you a new home. That I would be the place that you would run to. I would be the place that you would rest in. I would be the place that you pursue and long to be in. That I would be the thing that you are passionate about. That I would be changing your life and directing your life and leading your life. 
But yet we're tricked into thinking that we have too much shame, that we have too much stuff, that we have too much sin, and Jesus would for sure condemn us. And that's not who Jesus is. He says, what I see before I see your your wrongs is I see a person that I love. He says, man, I'm calling you to a new home calling you to a new life, calling you to a new love. See, what was true about this woman is true about us. That what was possible for her future wasn't determined by her past. I need you to hear that. What's possible for your future is not determined by your past, but some of you, you look at your past and you assume that's how your, your future is always going to be. But that's not the truth. That what's possible for your future is not determined by your path. Not if you're a Pharisee, not if you're this woman. Both are guilty and both were set free. Both had a reputation of being one way and both left differently. He didn't write a story about who she was or what she had been caught doing. He didn't fill in the blank for her because of an event in her life because of a wrongdoing. He knew everything about her. He saw her whole person He saw her as being deserving of another chance. Jesus proved that we are more than the assumptions. That we are more than the assumptions and the judgments that other people make about us. I want you to hear that. When Jesus sees you, he sees someone who is more than the assumptions that other people make about you. And so here's my call for you. As we close this series, one, I want you to understand that Jesus loves you deeply. That some of you tonight, before anything else or whatever you got going on, you need to come to the feet of Jesus with the things that you are being, uh, bringing and living in shame with. That he's calling you and that he loves you. And that needs to be where your small group starts tonight. And then for others of you, you need to check the way that you are just assuming and judging other people, the way that you are treating other people. Man, what would the world look like if we let love fill in the blank for all uh, the, the people we come into contact with? If we said, Man, before anything else, I want to love them. Before anything else, I want to encourage them and I want to build them up. And that's the way that Jesus loved us. And that's the way he's calling us to love others. We're going to talk more about it. We're going to think more about it. But I don't want you to leave here with a misconception of who Jesus is. He's the one that everyone else, when everyone else assumes something terrible about you, he sees through it all. He's the one 
despite your past and your history and your habits and your addictions. He says, man, I love you. And I'm the one that can restore you. And I'm the one that can call you to something new. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for these students. Lord, I ask that you would be in our conversation, that you would be in our small groups. God, that you would help us to love and to let love fill in the blank about the assumptions we make about others, about the judgments we cast. God, we would love people the way you love us. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.